great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, everybody? Happy Friday. We are just about 50 hours away from kickoff. Bills versus Chiefs. We're checking in on a Friday, one day before the preview show, to get into all these injuries, Ryan Tower, because, man, the Bills put out their injury report today, and it's uh, you almost need a, a degree to kind of make yourself make your way through the whole list. I mean, it is a lot to take in. Um, we're going to get into all of that on this quick Fast Friday edition of Shout, a Buffalo Bills football podcast brought to you by Tops Red Zone. Foodball play offers. Uh, score big on flavor and savings. Enhance your playoff weekend by creating recipes inspired by the distinct flavors of the playoff team's cities. Uh, Tops' expert butchers have curated their recommended game day recipes over at topsmarkets.com foodball. From touchdown-worthy appetizers to hearty main dishes, discover a winning lineup of recipes that brings taste from around the country to your table. All right, Ryan, um, we are going to wing nuts tomorrow night. Uh, if you haven't gotten that on your schedule yet, uh, more details are in the link in the bio. 1402 Millersport Highway. The party starts at 6, shout live at 7, and we'll be hanging out having some wings and beers. Cannot wait, Matt. Always a great time when we head to Wing Nuts. And uh, looking forward to the live show that, unfortunately, we had to postpone last week due to that storm. Indeed. Uh, we're going to get after it tomorrow. Um so let's get into this injury report because there is a, a lot to kind of dissect. Uh, Sean McDermott started off the day ruling out Gabe Davis. Not a huge surprise. Hasn't practiced all week uh, with a knee injury. Taylor Rapp with the calf as well. Also hasn't been a practice participant. Christian Benford, cornerback, ruled out in Balen Specter, linebacker with the back injury. Uh, now, the good news is, although he's questionable, Rasul Douglas is expected to return. Uh, so that takes care of Benford. So it'll probably end up being Douglas and Jackson. And then with Spectre out, Tyrell Dotson is expected to make his return. He does not have a designation on the injury report. But early thoughts on the four guys that aren't going to play in this game. Yeah, I mean, no major surprises. Obviously, when Balen Specter went out with a back injury, you didn't know the severity of it. You didn't know how serious it was. You thought maybe there'd be a chance there. But uh, everything we heard about Gabe Davis after he suffered the injury, you kind of knew that, uh, and the way the Bills talked about it, some players saying hopefully that we'll still be playing when Gabe is ready to come back and play. That is going to be more of a week-to-week type of issue. Taylor Rapp, uh, really feel for the guy. He makes the division-clinching interception and gets injured on that specific play, and, and it's bad enough now that uh, you know he's been out the last two weeks as well. But th- there's some good news involved, and you mentioned it, Russell Douglas. Uh, who who said you know last week that he thought there's a chance he could play and that uh, this week it looked like a you know almost a foregone conclusion. I know he's listed as questionable as you said, but that's a major boost to the secondary because you need your number one cornerback out there against the Chiefs and uh, Tyrell Dodson not having a designation is big for this team too, considering how they're down on linebackers and you know there's obviously another linebacker and cornerback that we're going to talk about here. Uh, on this show that could play as well. Yeah, so um, the 
the Benford injury to me of of the bunch is the least worrisome only because to right. your point you get Douglas back. So Douglas in Dane Jackson's been that kind of stabilizing force, a guy that you can rely upon on these situ- situations. I kind of talked to him at his locker today and he didn't say it, but I kind of painted a picture of a question about, you know, being in the spot again, the chiefs, you've played him before you're in line to start and he, he didn't correct me. So I'm guessing the, the, the situation is going to be Douglas and Dane Jackson, which I think you're, you're fine with if you're the bills, Yeah. then let's move on to the inside because that's where it gets really interesting. And there's some, you know, we'll talk about Gabe Davis in a minute and what that could all look like. Uh, it it kind of plays a part in this. But, Ryan, there's going to be some roster gymnastics that are probably going to have to happen here because you think about the guys that are injured right now. So Specter's unavailable. Dotson returns. So that's one for one. Do you have to bring up A.J. Klein off the practice squad if Terrell Bernard's in a spot where he can play? Now, he's listed as questionable, and I – I thought all week, like, I've been going at this thing, like, he is not going to play. I mean, he was carted off on Tuesday. Now we're all the way down the the road here. And Sean McDermott was talking about very hopeful earlier in the week. He said he was kind of trending day to day. He's questionable, not ruled out uh, on a Friday. So there's a real chance he could play. If he can play, you're almost in a spot there where maybe you don't call up Klein. You call up Isabella and potentially Matt Hawk. We'll talk about that in a second. Or do you feel like you want Klein no matter what? Because if Bernard goes into this game, maybe he's not at 100% and you want to be able to at least bring him into the game, have that veteran uh, presence. You know what he did against Pittsburgh last week. Yeah, I definitely want Klein up no matter what. And, you know, you were talking with me a little bit uh, pre-show about some other scenarios. Could you sign Klein to the 53-man roster and, uh, you know, move someone if one of these injuries is significant enough? to the IR. That's one potential play, but if not, yeah, I definitely want AJ Klein on this roster because if, even if Bernard were to play, which would be a miracle in itself, like you said, having him getting carted off on Monday uh, against the Steelers, you don't know if that's going to flare up the ankle. You don't know if he's going to play on it for a quarter or two, and then it's going to be sore and you want to get some other guys out there. You only have so many bodies at linebacker, and I feel like Klein, knowing this system as well as he does, is very important to have at least as an option against the Chiefs. No, I agree. And then so you, you figure Klein up. Then it gets interesting because Matt Hawk currently on the practice squad. I, we talked to Sam Martin a bit after practice today. It doesn't sound great. Like, you know, he's working his way back. He's still in some pain. Uh, he's trying to get back as close to 100 uh, percent as he can. If he's not able to go on Sunday, then you have to start making the decision. Like, okay, if you're bringing up A.J. Klein, you have one other elevation that you can make off the practice squad, and you're going to have to decide between Matt Hawk and Andy Isabella. You don't want to go into the game with four wide receivers, likely. You know, Deontay Hardy, Trent Sherfield, Stephon Diggs, and Khalil Shakir with Davis out. So now you have a conundrum. Now, one of the things they could do is put, like, Balin Specter on injured reserve. If that back injury is worse for the wear, and you're just like, listen, A.J. Klein's been good. We'll rely on him down the stretch. Um, but if you do that with Spectre, it ends his season. So that's a little bit of a tough decision as well. Um, they could – they could. I was talking a little bit about this with Sal Capaccio about potentially cutting Sam Martin and bringing him back. But if he's injured, you can't release him in that, in right. that spot. You'd have to give him some type of designation. So I don't think that that's a move either. The Bills are going to be up against it here, and you might almost be in a situation where you're like, okay, if you really want Isabella up, 
Maybe you say, all right, let's play Sam Martin at 60-70% and just get aggressive in some fourth down scenarios. He he ended the game last week and was able to still kick. It might not be perfect, but maybe that's the decision you make. It's going to maybe be a tough one for the Bills. It's going to be a headache for the Bills because of all of the scenarios you just laid out. You know, Sam Martin, could he go? Yeah, I mean, even if he's at 60-70% and if the Bills are backed up really far, can he get off a punt or two? Sure. But you don't know if the distance is going to be there. You don't know if he's going to be able to kick the way that he has in the past. He's not going to be able to do much. He's going to be very limited in that role, and you're not going to help him get better uh, doing that that way. So that that's a tough scenario. You do want to have a fifth wide receiver up, despite having three really talented uh, tight ends. And, yes, I'm adding Quentin Morris into that equation as well and having some uh, running backs that can catch the ball too. So you, you do have options in terms of other pass catchers, but – you don't want to go into this game with four true wide receivers because of how you know easily you could lose someone in game. So with all those players, knowing the fact that you want AJ Klein up, it, it almost does feel like someone either has to get put on the IR and bail inspector. Unfortunately, probably be the, the lesser of all the evils in terms of the guys that are injured right now. You feel for the guy, he gets in there, he plays pretty well these last uh, few weeks, but it's like you said, roster gymnastics right now. You want to make sure that you have your, your best possible lineup against the chiefs. Uh, you, you hope you get healthier if they win that game and then you, it gets a little bit easier, but I, I think specter potentially the IR might be the solution. If you're trying to get all of those players up for the game and you could do that, obviously by then signing uh, AJ Klein to the 53 man roster, or, or even, you know, in the short term, you could do something with uh, Matt Hawk. I think you could also get, you know, there's a comment in here, Jean-Marc Chunet, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, over on X. I uh, love the comments from the, from the X stream. Um, you know, talking about Kincaid being used more as a wide receiver in that game, that could be a nice kind of pivot. Now, he kind of is anyway. Like, he's he's used, like, at, in different spots in the formation throughout the season. Uh, I mean, most of the time you're looking out there, he's not, like, in line. Uh, as much as most normal tight ends. Uh, so I think that that's a play as well. And uh, I also think Deontay Hardy could be in a spot where you want to lean on him a little bit more in this game. The thing is, if you suffer an injury, Stefan Diggs going into this game with that foot designation on Thursday, if that gets if he gets banged up in this game and he can't play, then you're stuck in a situation with Trent Sherfield, Hardy as your outside receivers, Khalil Shakir, and then nowhere else to really go outside of maybe pivoting to Dalton Kincaid on the outside. Now, Andy Isabella, you know, not, not necessarily an outside boundary threat either, um, but it's just a, a numbers game. It's something that they're going to have to consider uh, going into this one. Man, a lot at play. A ton in play, and, and this is what happens when you're banged up this time of year, and uh, obviously the Chiefs will be missing a few players as well. Not as many, not as many hurdles for this team to figure out their inactives and who to bring up, who to elevate. But it's, you know, after a long regular season, you're going to be banged up in the Bills right now, especially the last two weeks against Miami and Pittsburgh, have sustained a lot of injuries. And it's up to this coaching staff to figure out the best possible solution, not only for this week, but for the remainder of the playoff games, if they were to advance. And, you know, Diggs, Went up to him over at his locker, seeing if you want to chat a little bit. He didn't really want to this week. Uh, I, I think he's in that every other week mode at this point. And uh, respect. I mean, when we talked to Stefan Diggs, he's as good as anybody uh, in the league uh, with the media. I, I, I have nothing bad to say about Stefan Diggs uh, in that regard. 
he um he's he kind of joked around a little bit when we asked him how he was doing uh but he had kind of this big smile on his face so my guess is he's fine he doesn't have an in injury designation so i don't think it's as big of a deal but if it's something that popped up and he maybe got treatment for on middle of the week they got to put him on the injury report so that is what it is all eyes on Diggs versus sneed which we will talk about at wingnuts tomorrow night uh, at 1402 Millersport Highway. Make sure you come out if you're in town for the game. If you're local, the weather is not expected to be that bad. Come on out. Uh, we'll watch the two uh, playoff games together. We'll, we'll fit in the preview show as well. It's going to be a great time. Taron Johnson, to me, was the biggest name on this injury report all week long. Um, and as he's progressed through the week, you know, Every single day, he's out there. He's in the red non-contact jersey. Today was a walkthrough, so they were all in just shirt jerseys. Um, we talked to him at the very end of availability today, and he said he's optimistic to play. He's got to make, make it through one uh, more checkpoint tomorrow to clear the concussion protocol. And then you're in a situation where if he can go, I feel like that is a huge sigh of relief. That's one of those, like, got to have them players in this game. And, I don't know, Ryan, seeing some of the video of the concussion, I thought that there were points this week where maybe he wouldn't be able to go, but he said he felt fine. He said he felt so good after the injury in game that he was pushing to go back in. He thought he was going to go back in, and obviously the Bills held him out uh, with his safety in mind, but getting him back is absolutely massive for this game. Yeah, we, we talked earlier this week. Uh, you know, I think we could make the argument that this is the biggest addition that you need to have on this roster for this game, even bigger than Rasul Douglas and and. Tyrell Dodson, even though you're undermanned at linebacker, you know, he does everything for the secondary on the back end. He is so important. He is an unbelievable nickel cornerback, one of, and I say he is the best uh, nickel cornerback in this league. And he's so important in a matchup like this against the Chiefs. So to have him potentially be available, thinking that he is heading in the right direction, that is huge for this defense. Uh, we know that, you know, it's not going to be snowy, it's not going to be as bad conditions on Sunday as it was uh, one, you know, less than one week ago since the game was on Monday. Uh, but the, the footballs are going to be cold. They're going to hit some hands. They're going to bounce up. And to have a guy like Taron Johnson, who's always going to be in the right spot in the right position, uh, potentially back there to make some plays for this defense, it could loom large and, and help this team overcome a an opponent that has really been a thorn in their side the last few years in the playoffs. Uh, some comments here uh, asking about Bernard. We obviously touched on that early in the show, but we will recycle that real quickly for those that are tuning in live. Uh, he is officially questionable. Uh, he said yesterday, Thursday, he told the Buffalo News uh, that it was a scary situation at first, but you know, there's obviously hope now. Uh, he's trending in a good direction. Feels like a true game time decision. They're going to have to work that out, see if he can run on Sunday uh, and, and then make a decision. But to our conversation we've been having over the last 10 minutes they're going to have to put things in place beforehand uh there's a lot of moving parts to all this so you could test him out learn that he is not able to go and then if you didn't make the right moves on saturday you're going to be left in a spot where you're going to have to do some serious projection so it's not a perfect situation but it's trending in a really good direction considering where we started the week with bernard yeah you know i think everyone thought the worst whenever the cart comes out for a player i mean what, nine times out of ten? Uh, it's usually an injury that keeps a player out for weeks, months, or even the rest of the year. So to know that he actually has a shot to play six days after suffering that injury is unbelievable. 
And when he suffered it in game, obviously he was in a lot of pain. Uh, but the worst fears obviously did not come to fruition. And it's something that the Bills feel like, hey, he could potentially play on Sunday. Uh, there's They can tape this up. They can give him a shot. There's some things you can do to make him feel better if he were to go. Uh, but just the fact that we're sitting here talking on Friday afternoon about Terrell Bernard possibly playing against the Chiefs is not something I had on my proverbial bingo card, Matt. Uh, let's close here. Before we close, let me just tell you that you can become a Shout Buffalo Bills insider. All you have to do is text 716-528-6727. And I'm always putting out information on the Bills on social media, but I take it to another level, give a little bit more insight, a little bit more analysis, as does Ryan uh, on the insider line. Again, that number is 716-528-6727. If you get in right now, you get a two-week free trial. So I'll take you right through, hopefully, for all of you, the, the AFC Championship game. And then it's $3.99 a month after that. Shout text line is brought to you by Carrie C. Beyer, attorney with the law offices of Francis M. Litro, located at 237 Main Street, Buffalo, New York. If you or someone you know is seriously injured, give them a call, 716-852-1234, or check out LitroLaw.com. Okay, Davis out. Wow, Brandon Webb coming in here with the asking for the score predictions on a Friday. Well, usually, we, usually we usually would do, do the, that on a Friday. <laughs> so I, I understand where you're coming from. Thank you so much for the super chat, Brandon Webb. We will bring you back up tomorrow live from Wingnuts. Let's make a note on that, Ryan, because he yes. did throw in the super chat here. Uh, we Thank will you, give Brandon. our prediction tomorrow live at Wingnuts. Come out, hang out, watch uh, Texans, Ravens with us. We're going to be hanging out, drinking beers. Try not to have too many beers before the show. We got some 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 work to do. We'll pound a couple after as well. We'll eat some delicious ch- chicken wings. Check out their menu. They have um, roast beef sandwiches that are just absolutely to die for. Uh, a whole host of pizza options. Uh, all t- the chicken sandwich was dynamite. Uh, come on through. It's going to be a big one. Uh, and then uh, Bernardo Dice, my man. I was talking to him earlier today out in Brazil. It's very hot in Brazil right now. Brazilian summer. Uh, stay cool, my friend. Uh, we can give you some of the snow here in Orchard Park. Let's yeah. see how McDermott plans the defense. And we're going to get into that tomorrow, tomorrow, Bernardo, on the, the preview show. Just from a schematic standpoint, what is the best way to attack Patrick Mahomes in this game? How they did it in week uh, 13, 14, whenever that game was, how they've done it traditionally. And the horses that they'll lean on, wink, wink, uh, tomorrow. Uh, we'll get into all that. Thank you so much for the Super Chats. Uh, everybody, we always appreciate you. Let's get uh, real quick. Gabe Davis, he's out. He's been a Chiefs killer in the past. Uh, how much do they lose there? Do you feel like going into this game that that's a massive loss? I, I wouldn't use the word massive, but you're right. You pointed out he has some success against the Chiefs in his career. Obviously, everyone thinks of the four touchdown game. Uh, but he has just had some success in general against Kansas City. So it is a loss. Uh, we know that Trent Sherfield does not bring the same from a receiving standpoint, but he is a very good blocker. So you get a little bit of that there. Uh, the loss of the receiver, Gabe Davis, can hopefully be made up with Khalil Shakir, who you know we've said anytime the ball is in this guy's hands, something good seems to happen, whether it's un- an unbelievable touchdown like he had against Pittsburgh or – getting open along the sidelines for a big play to set up a first and goal. This guy has really come on and, and kind of assumed that wide receiver two role over the last uh, eight to 10 weeks or so. So he, he has really come on after a slow start this season. You still have Dalton Kincaid and, and Dawson Knox. So 
there's enough firepower absolutely for me to say this is not a massive loss, but it is still a big loss in my opinion, Matt. No, it's definitely a big loss and one that having him out there, I think he's a better player than Trent Sherfield, right? Like I, I, I think that you lose a little something in the passing game, but what you lose, I think there's a potential transference in there somewhere that like pushes some of the chips on the table towards Shakir's end and Kincaid's end. And in the end, that might be not best for the offense, but significant for the offense. And, and it flows a little bit better. We talked about that earlier uh, in the week. All right, Ryan, we got some breaking news. I thought we we're going to get out of here real quick in 20 <laughs> minutes, but we got to get to this right now. I think it's absolutely massive, massive. Jonathan Jones from CBS reports that the Falcons have requested permission to interview Bill's interim offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, for their vacant head coaching job. Brady Ooh. previously interviewed for the job in 2021. I mean, we were sitting here talking about if he'd get some offensive coordinator love, but man, seven and one, the way this Bill's offense has produced, how he's been thrown in the deep end of the fire, and now the Falcons are putting him up against Bill Belichick. I mean, <laughs> what do you think about this? Well, you know, it felt like Belichick to the Falcons was a close to a done deal, but I guess blowing a two interview lead with Belichick could certainly happen in Atlanta. That's something that they're, they're very good at doing when it comes to Belichick and his former team. Uh, so I guess scouring and, and looking at some other options is never a bad idea. Uh, Joe Brady, I like a lot of what he's done here, Matt. I don't know if, it, if, He's ready to make that jump from, uh, you know, interim offensive coordinator to a head coach in the NFL. But he's cl clearly impressed some people. And I think it's always smart for teams to do their due diligence, even if it's not for now, Matt. Think about Bill Belichick. How old is he? 72. He'll be 72, 72 when the season starts next season. Even if they were to agree to terms with Belichick, I'm thinking that is a short term deal. And just like when you meet with players during the dr draft process, I think teams want to interview uh, coaches that they think are up and coming and could potentially be head coaches. So maybe it's just due diligence on their part saying, okay, after Belichick retires, we can always go back to this interview that we had with Joe Brady. And maybe he's the heir apparent. Maybe he's the guy that we target after this. I'd be surprised to see him get a head coaching job, but at the same time, it it's, encouraging to see him get some recognition for the good that he's done here in Buffalo. Yeah. Like I don't think in the end uh, he's going to get hired as a head coach somewhere, but crazier things have happened. And listen, yeah, the thing that stands out about Brady, I was talking about this on the, on a radio show today about his job that he's done since taking over is the connection that he makes with the players. Look at what's happening in Las Vegas right now. Antonio Pierce hired as the interim head coach Max Crosby coming out and saying, I'm going to request a trade if this guy doesn't get the job with all these big-time names lingering out there. I mean, John Har or, uh, Jim Harbaugh out there, somebody that you know, you'd think that Mark Davis would want to take a run at. In the end, they just go back to what was working late in the season for them, somebody that connected with their players. And you know, there's something to be said for a young coach, a guy that um, connects with players and also is known around the league for having a brilliant mind. Uh, some of the interesting comments here in the chat here is about, okay, another potential distraction for the Bills um, going into a playoff game. You know, you have Joe Brady who, you know, took this thing over eight weeks ago going into a divisional matchup against um, Steve Spagnola. I mean, can't think of too many yeah. tougher uh, opposing coordinators, and he's taking some time out to interview. And this came up with Dable before 
Um, it's definitely could potentially be a distraction. I don't think that they'll – my sense that I got from Joe Brady the other day that is that he's all locked in on this thing. and We didn't know about this, obviously, but, you know, he's deep in the lab. Uh, and he was actually even post-practice. It was so loose. Like him, Josh Allen, uh, Shane Bouchelle, uh, Kyle Allen – uh, the quarterbacks were doing some stuff with snowballs with Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer and deep end of the, so, I mean, there, it was playful. It was having some fun after practice and, and he's one of the guys in a lot of ways. And I think that it reminds me of Brian Dable in that way because of how close of a relationship he had with not only Josh, but other players on the offense. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm going to say, take it, take it with a grain of salt in terms of the distraction part, because as mentioned in the comment here, you know, Ben Johnson, who's also preparing for a big game and, Detroit this upcoming weekend. He's took some interviews. He had two interviews yesterday, two interviews today. Hot candidate, legitimate head coaching candidate. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a, much of a distraction because they're buttoned up. They're focused on their respective opponents. But going back to Atlanta for one more thing, you look at that roster. Yes, they, they're back at square one when it comes to quarterback. I don't think Ritter is the answer. Uh, they're probably, I don't know if they're going to be able to do anything there, but they do have a lot of young talent where they probably sat there and said, boy, Look at what Joe Brady has done already for Dalton Kincaid. And we have Kyle Pitts on this team who he's, he's been good, but he hasn't come close, I think, to the expectations that a lot of people had when he was drafted as high as he was. I mean, there was talk about this guy being the next big thing at tight end, and it just hasn't happened yet. They have a young wide receiver in Drake London who uh, hasn't had a lot to show so far in his career. And obviously – uh, really talented running back there, too, who had a very disappointing rookie season, all things considered. A lot of it falls on the coaching staff there. So it never hurts to pick the brains of these offensive minds. Like, how would you use Bijan Robinson? How would you use Drake London? How would you use these guys? Because even if they're not that the head coach, at least it's, it's in the back of your mind. Well, here is what, you know, Joe Brady said. And if they interviewed or interview Ben Johnson or these other offensive minded coaches, you at least have that in mind so that way when you do pick an offensive coordinator, you're looking for someone that aligns with that thought process. So can't blame Atlanta for doing their due diligence. I wouldn't expect Joe Brady to be the front runner or even you know, second or third for those leading candidates for that job, but good for him for getting an interview. Yeah, indeed. Good for him for getting the interview. And I think that you know, you know, the Bills, there's a decision looming at the end of the season. Like what are they going to do with Joe Brady? Are they going to, depending on how this thing ends up to this point, it's been nothing but really great. Like pivoting from Ken Dorsey to Joe Brady. There's a decision to be made though. Like, okay, what are they going to do long-term? And I want to bring up something that he said, Brady, uh, when we talked to him yesterday. So he was asked about his reaction to the Josh Allen touchdown run. And he goes, I he joked, I think you guys probably saw it because it was in the booth cam on CBS. Yeah, one, it was a great play call uh, that our that our guys are are gloved right now, which meant guys were guarded up down the field and Josh is having to run. Um, you know, he's making a joke, of course. Uh, but that's who Josh is. He's a human eraser. He makes bad play calls work. I love in that situation, there's going to come a time, whether it's this week or the next however many years here, that all the times I'm telling him, hey, look, man, there's three guys around you. It's the NFL. Just go down. You're not going to be able to do it. Well, he just proved me wrong. So it'll probably set you back a little bit. But he's such a dynamic football player. I think when you try to hold Josh Allen back, you're probably doing a disservice. The next couple of years, does yeah. Joe Brady <laughs> maybe know something that we don't know? 
listen, I'm sure that inside the building, there's been conversations. You know, he's the interim. I don't know if the, from a contract perspective, they could even do that right now. I'm sure that they could. I don't know uh, the, the dynamics of it. But I think even to this point, you take this eight-game sample size, knowing that Joe Brady was thrust into this role, I think he's done enough to to run it back next year. I think with an offseason, with his input in trying to craft the offense for next year, free agents, additions in the draft, we know what he was, how big of a part of the LSU system he was. I'm sure he still has ties in college football. I'd be more than happy if I'm Terry Pagula and Sean McDermott to hire him to become the full-time offensive coordinator. Yeah, and, you know, I think Buffalo's hands are tied right now. I think they probably have to adhere to the Rooney rule in terms of the interview process for offensive coordinator. And uh, But everything he's done in his time since taking over, you have to be encouraged with because this, for the most part, is not his true offense. He's kind of running the Ken Dorsey system that he inherited, and it's been working really well for Buffalo with the wrinkles he's added in. You give him an entire offseason to – building his own play calls and and show what he can do. We've already seen flashes of what he's been able to do for James Cook, for Dalton Kincaid, and, and this offense. I think that he can elevate them even further when it's a lot of his own play calls in his own system. Uh, we, we know how creative of a mind he is, how much success he had at LSU. He Power struggle in Carolina kind of knocked him back in terms of his career arc because – had that not happened, who knows where he would be right now. He could be a hothead coaching candidate, but, you know, a bad assignment here or a bad uh, decision of taking a certain job where he ended up being the scapegoat, it kind of set him back a little bit. But you're right, in Buffalo, this is a good situation, being with one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league. And if the end goal is to become a head coach, you're more likely to get there and get there pretty quickly when you have Josh Allen and company and you're running that helm. Uh, about 200 watching on YouTube right now. Big, big time numbers. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel as well. Uh, we are obviously brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets right here on Shout. Uh, it has been a jam-packed week, an episode a day. We are bringing uh, all of the content uh, to you uh, on a big playoff week. And why why shouldn't we? I mean, this is as big as it gets. Um, and speaking of big as it gets, Tops, uh, you can buy groceries, get gas points, and save at the pump. At Tops, you always get the best deals in town on groceries and on gas. Tops makes it easy to save with Tops gas points, the points you get just for buying groceries that can be used towards fuel savings. Gas points can be redeemed at any Tops gas station to save at the pump. Check out topsmarkets.com slash gas points to learn more. All right, Ryan, before we get out of here real quick, Texans, Ravens tomorrow. Here's my take on the Ravens. I think three weeks off is going to show in that game tomorrow. I don't give betting advice, but I will say I love that juicy fat line for the Texans. I think that they are much better than they're being given credit for. I think they're, they've been playing playoff games since November. I mean, this was a team that was, you know, fighting, scratching, clawing to get into the playoffs. And then they did. And they, you know, absolutely trounced Cleveland. Now I know it was at home and CJ Stroud is a little bit of a different player on the road. And against that Ravens defense, it is going to be, different but i i like the texans tomorrow i think we're gonna be talking on the shout buffalo bills podcast tomorrow about the Chiefs versus the bills potentially being for a home afc title game well could you imagine if it turns out that way and and just the anticipation that would build for bills fans if they were to knock off the chiefs and 
Listen, I love the Texans too. And I know, like you said, to your point, it was a home game last week, but there was no defense hotter than Cleveland's going into the playoffs. And the way that Stroud just absolutely picked them apart uh, was a wow statement. And he can do that again this weekend against Baltimore, who, you know, rested a lot of key starters on both sides of the ball in the final week of the season and uh, came out rusty a few years ago in the same situation. So if they can build an early lead, I could see them holding on as well. I'm not willing to, I'm not going to sit here and make that bold prediction that they're going to win this game. I think I, at the end of the day, I would still pick Baltimore, but I think it's going to be a much closer game than maybe some are expecting. I'm picking the I'm picking the uh, Texans. You heard it here right first. I think they're going to win. I think it's going to be a close, good game. I think both teams are going to do some great stuff, and I think uh, I think it's going to be the Texans. I, I really like C.J. Stroud, and even I don't want to say more, but as much I love that combination of Jonathan Grenard and Will Anderson. Their edge, their defensive line is sneaky good, uh, and Lamar has struggled against those kinds of teams in the past. I got to look at the injury. I got to look at the weather report. I don't know enough about this, but I, I just think that the Texans are going to win. I I like that vibe. I like the, the, the run that they've been on. I don't like the, the three weeks off for the, te- uh, the Ravens. Bernardo Dietze, our good friend from Brazil, says, fire McDermott and hire Brady as the head coach. Listen, while I don't agree with that take, yeah, Bernardo, I got to give you some credit because, you know, back – at you know, 13 seconds was very critical of Sean McDermott. And some of the criticism has played out over the last couple of years. And, you know, you go back to last season and um, you, you, things go awry. And there was a lot at play there. In the DeMar Hamlin situation, I still don't think people remember what this team went, th- went through, especially if you weren't there. Like, like if you're watching from afar, um, and, and that's not to say that Bernardo's watching from afar. He's as invested as any Bills fan I've ever met. But they went through a lot last year. And I think that Sean McDermott's leadership through the years, and I know there's a lot that's been made of that over the last two months, and he's taken a lot of heat and some of it, you know, fairly so. I think the coaching job that he's done this year has been as good as anybody's in the league. And they're at least in a position right now to make a run. And we're going to talk about what this all looks like after the game if they lose, right? And Sean McDermott's going to have to wear some more criticism if they do. That's part of the um, job. But I think the job that he's done, the success that taking over the D.C. role has been for him while being the head coach and the pivot to, to, to Brady. He's got to get credit for that too. Yeah. Ken Dorsey was a friend of his. They go back a long way. And a lot of times nepotism plays a role in this sport, and he didn't let it. He made a decision for the team, and it's helped them get to this point. I think he deserves some credit for that. He absolutely does, and and for this team to be at six and six at one point, get them to the number two seed, get them a playoff win. Uh, if you can win this game, you know potentially get them back to a, a title game. He he is as safe as can be at this point, and rightfully so, with the job that he did down the stretch with with this team, and, and not losing the locker room despite some adversity along the way. All right. Um... Johnny Mack, one of our insiders on YouTube, says we are all a sum of our experiences. Sean is no different. I think that's a good point as well. Yeah. Somebody that's been through a lot and I think has a lot to take from as he tries to apply all of that, those learned lessons in another showdown with his mentor, Andy Reid, which we're going to talk about at Wingnuts tomorrow, 7 p.m. We'll get there at about 6. We'll be hanging out. We'll be watching Texans Ravens. We'll eat some wings. We'll drink some beers. It's going to be a great time. Come out. Hit that like button. Subscribe before you leave. We'll see you then, everybody. Take care. Bills versus Chiefs. It's almost here.